Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Gamers Inn, where adventure begins. Check out their website at gamersinlehigh.com. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. Oh, yeah! The Geek Revolution starts here. Excellent! Get ready for the number one hit geek radio show out there. Well, it is impressive, isn't it? Because it's time for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. I think that's us. Hello. This moment, right here. Right now. You've been waiting for. <laughs> Don't think I screwed anything up. You did it. Yay. Yeah, I think we're all good. Well awesome. done, Drew. <laughs> Yay. Or Drew wins. <laughs> I claim victory today. <laughs> Real life achievement. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so, that was a little interesting. Um, we are kicking it off today. Uh, we are without our fearless leader revan he is out um does he slay dragons or does he pet them or because he really loves dragons yeah he does. i don't think he slays dragons okay so he's breeding more or to riding, throw at us. maybe he's a dragon rider i don't know he hasn't shared this with us dragon riders are pretty a, epic level yeah that this is a pretty be. big thing yeah <laughs> if, if anybody could, if if any of us could do it rev could do it probably yep. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah hey guys we're live this is dungeon crawlers radio let's do a quick sound off i am word drew and sorry joe <laughs> i'm sakura <laughs> and i'm a guy named joe i'm last for some reason today is totally cool sorry man Every, everything is thrown off it's everything like is thrown clockwise off. yeah you know? I was just, that makes sense I like one two and three right <laughs> so um yeah so today i'm pretty excited um we have special guests happy mitten games they'll be calling in in just a minute uh as we get going with everything um and they're gonna be here to talk about what it's like to start up a board game production company uh as well as talking about their first game aether magic um and so we're just going to wait for them to call in but you know let's just kind of let's kind of chew the cut a little bit while we wait sure yeah so yep. do you want to talk about your involvement with Aether Magic uh yeah no, yeah no that's uh, we can preface that so in full uh disclosure uh Word Drew has been a participant uh in the production of Aether Magic um so Jeff and Leandra are good friends of mine back from Michigan where Happy Mitten Games is from obviously the Michigan is the mitten state and games make us happy so happy mitten games it is oh so, okay <laughs> um, and, and so um, actually I uh, student taught under Jeff when I did my seventh grade language arts class so he was my mentor teacher and we've been really good friends and you know I'll let him tell the long story of how he uh, got into this but um, there came a point in time when they wanted to happy mitten games wanted to uh, create their own game and start producing board games. And 
Uh, they just wanted somebody to help do theme development uh, for this set of rules that they had, the mechanics for rules, and they wanted to put uh, a fantasy flavor to it. So Jeff knew I was a super nerd and I love fantasy <laughs> and that I like to write. And uh, he, you know, he hired me on to help just kind of develop the backstory of the game and that sort of thing. And and so cool. that's where we're at. Okay. So, You're famous, too. Oh, no. <laughs> no, not at all. So. More um, famous than us. You got you got posted by LTUE. We we got yeah. buckets apparently. <laughs> so I think Rev finally got his post on LTUE. Um, I think they finally put something up for him, but I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Um, but yeah, let's just talk about that for a minute. Uh, we just got done with Fan X uh, yes, 2015, where I'm going to tell you right now, Zakora killed it on her panels, <laughs> knocked oh, it out of the park. I hear she was absolutely amazing. What was your Thank highlight? You. What was the what was the best thing about Fan X for you? Oh, well, overall, definitely being on the panels. That was way more fun than I expected it to be. I was really nervous at mm-hmm. first because you know being on a panel and sitting up there in front of a bunch of people and then them asking you questions. You don't know what they're going to ask you. You know, don't know what it's going to be mm-hmm. like. And then me being on my very first panel and um, I can't even remember what I said, but everybody started clapping and I was like, oh, <laughs> this is kind of cool. <laughs> let, let me tie this in for the listeners, okay? So what was the panel? It was Nerdy Girls and the Rise of Girl Power. Yes. Okay. And so the best part about this is that our dear friend Amber Dahl, Dollface mm-hmm. of uh, Geek Girls Corp and a couple of other organizations, her and another girl um, were to Zakora's left as they were sitting on the panel. And when they went to do their round of introductions, Amber's a very <laughs> shy girl. And she's like, I'm sorry, I don't really know how to talk into microphones. And she was very sheepish and quiet. And yeah. the girl next to her said the same thing. Yeah, I'm sorry, I don't know how to talk into microphones. <laughs> oh. And then Zakora got up and was like, let me tell you something. I know how to talk into microphones. <laughs> I've been practicing for eight months. You know? <laughs> and it's like, so yeah. to loop that back in, that all goes back to our fan or to our listener comments, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. that was one of the things. We can't hear Zakora. And I have to keep increasing my volume when I want to listen to Zakora. So we've rectified that, and she owned the microphone, and she actually owned that panel. It was it Aww. was fantastic. So thanks. It was um, it was cool. I was I was just smiling like a little schoolgirl in there listening <laughs> to her talk. It was fantastic. So. <laughs> <laughs> see, see I, I picture you up there. I picture Zakora up there. Yeah. Not having any problem, just like totally smooth and like natural like. And then I see and I see Word Drew out in the audience doing this. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's my Zakora. She's doing so fantastic. Oh god. <laughs> it was fantastic. So um so that was your highlight. We're just being on the panels and that sort oh, yeah. of thing then. Yeah. Definitely. So Joe, what was your highlight? Uh, highlight of not being there? Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want the honest answer? No, or do you, you do not there? want the honest answer. Okay. <laughs> um, no, uh, a guy named Joe was just kind of previously disposed of. Is that engaged. Dis- engaged. engaged. Yeah, not you dispossessed. You were dispossessed <laughs> of something that possessed you and then left you or something. I don't know. Yeah, I had an exorcism don't worry. that weekend. So. My, my name's Word Drew. I just can't think of words is all. It's cool. <laughs> um, so for me, uh, I'll ask myself, hey, Word Drew, what was yeah. the highlight of your, of your fan ex- experience? And so um, number one, uh, I totally just... Uh, we we had 
the press conference morning, right, at the mm-hmm. Grand America. Uh, Zakora, refresh me of Lucifer's real name. Mark Pellegrino. Yeah, Mark Pellegrino. Um, but while Zakora was interviewing Mark Pellegrino, which hopefully we mm-hmm. can get some of that footage up on the yeah. website, um, I just talked to his assistant. Mm-hmm. Who, you know, assistants they get they get such they get the shaft, man. They're just like <laughs> there, and their whole job is to be like, you need to speed it up and blah 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 because be the th- there's there's other yeah, right? and and so they don't really get a lot of love, and so I was just. Hanging out, she was hanging out. Rev was running the cameras. The core was doing the interview, so I just started talking to her, and she had the most amazing Irish accent it was I've ever really, heard. It really was really amazing. And she was like that, that heavy lilt. Oh yeah, like gosh. I had to like lean in to make sure I was understanding what she was saying yeah. because it was so thick. <laughs> I was like, whatever you're saying, it's pretty awesome. You know? so, oh my gosh! So that was awesome. Uh, and then when we left. Uh, we almost ran into um, Nikolaj Kosterwaldo in the parking lot uh, yeah. of the Grand America. He was mm-hmm. getting into an SUV, and we we're walking. Zakor goes, "Look at that!" And we turned to look, and he looked <laughs> up like at us, and then right he just like dumped it. He just like <laughs> yeah. dove into this SUV. He was like, <laughs> "Crap!" <laughs> Not he's the a media. pretty good-looking guy. I was, you know, he's Jamie Lannister, so yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, up close, yeah. <laughs> I just. <laughs> That's that, that look. It's it's where the Hollywood magic really comes in, right? Because I thought he was a lot bigger than he is in real life. Yeah. Like most of these guys that are like the big muscular tough guys in movies, they're mm-hmm. like five nine, five ten. You know? <laughs> I know. <we're, laughs> and yeah. they just make them look huge with camera angles, and it's like kind of crazy. Okay, yeah. well that's cool, you know. But mm-hmm. he was he was definitely a handsome guy. Mm-hmm. Um. I was only in one panel, and it was the highlight for me besides the Irish accent. Uh, and that, was, <laughs> that was a panel uh, entitled Telling Stories in RPGs, and mm-hmm. Rev and I were on that together, and we talked to, or we were on the panel with Tracy Hickman. So it was like a total squee moment, right? Just like, mm-hmm. oh my God, here's, here's Tracy Hickman, and I get, I get to have conversation with him about telling stories in RPGs. And so like my opening line was basically something to the effect of, um. Yeah. So here's a bunch of DMs, and then a world famous like Ultimate Fantasy author <laughs> together. <laughs> like, okay, who are you gonna listen to? Is it gonna mm-hmm. be us or them? Um. Okay. Hey, we have a caller. Now I just need to figure out how I can answer it. Okay. Let's awesome. see. Hello. Or uh, you are maybe on hello? Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Yeah. All right. Hello. Man, it worked. That took a minute, but we've arrived. All right. (laughs) Excellent. You know, that's all right. We were just kind of doing a quick recap of Salt Lake Comic-Con Fanex 2015 that we attended last weekend. So it's all good. We had a couple things to chat about, but welcome to the show, guys. Who do we have on today? We have Jeff and Kyle right now. Thanks for having us. Yeah, you're very welcome. Um, So, uh, fans, this is uh, Jeff and Kyle from Happy Mitten Games, two of the game gurus of the organization and the, the spearhead of it. So, Guys, welcome to the show. Um, we'll just dive right in. Um, is there anything that you'd like to talk about initially, or should we just start launching questions at you and blowing you I think up with that? Rolling. Yeah, cool. throw some questions at us. Okay. Can do. All right. Hey, who has a question? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll go ahead and go first. Yeah, sure. Tell us how you got into, how, what made you decide to start a game company and how you got started. Who are you, first of all? Who am I speaking oh, to? Oh, sorry. I'm Zakora. I am 
Hi, Sakura. Uh, host. Hi. <laughs> She's our resident Jedi. I, I am. That's me. And then you have to describe <laughs> yourself. <laughs> We're going to take that turn in the show. What would you say? Oh. Um, what would I say? I'm, it you only have tend 10. to be timid. <laughs> I'm timid and sweet. Aww. There you go. Tim, timid and sweet. <laughs> but and then who else besides Drew is on the show? And uh, I'm a guy named Joe. I am the, I don't know, the red head of the group. But you're, no. the, you're but you're not the one that ever gets mocked for being a redhead. No, we don't so do that anymore. He's yeah, the, he's yeah, like the not. ninja redhead. But Joe, yeah, Joe is our he's one of our D and D gurus. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Yep. Thanks for introducing yourselves. So back to Sakura, <laughs> if I'm saying your name correctly. What was your question yep. one more time? What made you decide to start a game company, and how did you get started? Um, we've talked about this. If anybody's a, a listener of our podcast, the Happy Mitten podcast, um, we've talked about it a couple of times, but in short, both uh, my wife, who will be joining us in a little while, Leandra, and then Kyle and I have had an entrepreneurial spirit for a long time. And it really just started with us always kind of doing side projects of different things outside of our careers. And then uh, a couple of years back, we started talking, uh, Kyle and I specifically, about what could we do or what would we want to do that's um, trying to start a business or something cool that we could do on our own. And we ended up deciding on board games and uh, the three of us started researching and brainstorming and whatever, lo and behold, about a couple months later, we uh, officially registered the LLC, Happy Mitten, uh, comma, LLC with Michigan and then started the game company. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Okay. What, why did you want to do that? Like, had that been a lifelong dream of yours or just something that you were like, hey, no. let's start this company? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it was, it was just something that uh, I've, we've always wanted to do more. Like, we don't want to be uh, the type of people that just think about stuff and then wonder what if. We'd rather be the kind of people that say why not and go for it. And then it just so happened that we all love board games and it was a common denominator for the three of us and that's what we decided on. So I, I doubt it's going to be the um, only one of our adventures as we continue to live and grow and everything, but it's definitely our main one right now. Okay. Yeah, absolutely, man. So um, as I was saying before, uh, Jeff and Kyle uh, called in is that I've I've, you know, I've known Jeff for quite a long time and uh, I know he's not the guy that will just uh, although he will follow his passions and he will live his dreams, like I know how much research he put into this. And so this is a very mm-hmm. intentional, thoughtful process uh, to pursue something that, that the three of them really love. So, I think that's really amazing. I mean, that's something that I think, like you said, a lot of people tend to just talk about but never actually do anything about it. So it's really admirable that you guys are like, no, we're going to do this and this is going to be something we do together and have fun at. Speaking of other adventures, what are some other ideas that you have, things that you want to do? Uh, do you want to answer this one, Kyle? Things that we want to do outside of board games? Yeah, um, you mentioned other adventures. So I'm going to hear about them. Oh. Yeah, yeah I, I guess they're really... <laughs> uh, Fleshing this out would be kind of difficult because we've actually never discussed doing anything else. Uh, I think he was just mainly uh, 
referring to just that we're open to other things um, as we grow, um, which I know we, we certainly would be because we, we work really well together and complement each other really well. So um, if this board game thing goes well, um, you know, I'm sure it'll expand off into other uh, potential business um, Well, I mean, you do ideas. stuff on the side, too. I mean, it's a, both of us, both of us have careers like i mean you're an accountant by trade but you do the lighting stuff on the side with your uncle and then i recently left um i i taught for seven years and that's how drew and i met is through teaching um he was my student teacher and even that's a funny story too but i just <laughs> recently quit last fall and uh started doing i'm self-employed at the moment and i got a small team of like web dev um and graphic design and stuff and we we do work we could touch on that later too but so like how about for you then kyle like that kind of stuff um, yeah, I, I'm an accountant, so that's my full-time job. Uh, I work at a political consulting firm and handle all of their accounting. And my boss owns a couple other companies that I, I do the, uh, book work on. Um, and then my uncle has a lighting business, uh, and I helped build him a website and have tried to, uh, get out the social media and Google AdWords um, for that site to generate sales for him. Uh, so that is some of the stuff that I do on the side in addition to Happy Mitten. So I'm actually very, very interested in this right now because uh, it seems as we get into the industry more um, that uh, accountants really need some sort of creative outlet. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, we have a couple friends of the show, uh, like Larry Correa, who is a New York Times bestselling author, is a good friend of the show. Steve Diamond, who runs Elitist Book Reviews, they're all, they're both accountants by trade, and it seems like a very common denominator that if you're a, an accountant, you need some sort of creative outlet, or you're probably just going to go crazy. Is that is that pretty true? Yeah, that that'd be an interesting thing to look into. Um, I guess, although I do really like my job, um, there's not too many instances in which you can express yourself creatively. So, uh, <laughs> I, you know, doing this board game stuff or, uh, you know, sometimes I make paintings for my girlfriend um, for fun uh, and I have a lot of fun doing that. So uh, if that's something you've seen, I mean, that that might be worth looking into further for sure. So, OK, so let's um, let's talk a little bit then. Um, I, I think our listeners would probably be extremely interested in just hearing about how this process kicks off. You've you've decided you're going to do this board game production company. You've filed for the LLC, LLC Happy Mitten Incorporated. Um, so so what's next? Can you just kind of walk through that process of how does a production company find a game? Uh, acquire a game and then get it into production. Um, I, I know that you talk about this a lot on your podcast and you've kind of talked about these. Can you just talk for a few minutes uh, to our listeners to get a taste of it so that they can go back to your site and, and listen to the full episodes? Yeah. Um, well, the first thing we did um, was just discuss it, flesh things out. We wanted to get the operating agreement uh, finished before we went forward with anything. Um, so that was a lot of boring work initially, uh, but it's really nice to get that out of the way right in the beginning and then not have to think about it ever again. Um, so we did that, uh, filed the LLC, and then we knew that we didn't have a foundation of people who knew who we were. Um, so it was important to us 
to create our podcast and our blog to be able to communicate with people uh, and just show the board game community that we care by giving them free content. Um, and also, it was a great opportunity through the podcast uh, to interview some people that we, we thought were really cool and, and get to know more about what they do. Um, so in doing that over the past uh, almost two years now, uh, we've built a small audience of people, um, which we're hoping would provide the foundation for caring about what we do with our game that we publish. Um, mm -hmm. So I do think it's important to uh, maybe try to establish some type of audience before uh, going forward with a product. Um, not that it's absolutely necessary. There, there's definitely different strategies that can be very successful that don't involve that. Um, but for the board game business in particular, uh, we thought that would be the route to take and also just be a lot of fun for us to do. Okay, so then, um, so how did the, I guess, the change in um, in, in advertising, because uh, social media has been such a huge, has had such a huge impact on advertising. How how did that, I mean, you you added your podcast to, to build up your audience. How did uh, adding social media also affect that? Um, that would be more of a Lee question, and she's not with us quite yet. Uh, it's funny, because there's the, the science behind it, which I would pay attention to a lot of the time, like the best way to utilize the different platforms because you have different audiences coming to each one of the different platforms. Like a lot of people will use, say, Twitter as like a news feed-esque type thing and you're just getting little tiny bits. A lot of people will use Facebook in more of a family-oriented sense or to go and look at pictures and stupid videos and, and that type of deal. And so on one hand, you're leveraging that. But I think what's even more important across the board is that one, you're engaging, and two, that your voice is real. And that's one of the biggest perks with having Lee, for anybody that knows her, uh, she's, I don't know what you want to call, a hoot, <laughs> to say the least. She's <laughs> and uh, just funny and really great to be around. And she does an excellent job with letting her voice and her personality come across uh, the social media sphere um, and kind of do its thing. And so that's that's a big piece. We've leaned away um, from traditional advertising i mean you always have these like hey you can advertise on my podcast or you can get this banner slot or whatever and it's like the the primary thing has been the content um driving content hard and we blogged for a long time and it's just recently to free up our time a little bit we've pulled back from the blogs and we only do them if we have something um and then we stay consistent with the podcast because it's the largest bulk of our audience and then the social media Twitter is probably our biggest avenue um, and the, the the most engagement we get. And otherwise, we've started to dabble with YouTube a little bit more and um, Facebook's starting to grow a little bit more as we pay more attention to it and, and that kind of thing. Did we lose you guys? Oh, no. You guys hear us? Dungeon crawlers. I'm calling you back. And we're back. And we're back. Okay. okay. Sorry, about, Sorry that. about that. Okay, guys, are you with us? Yeah, did you hang up on us? No, no, no. No, no, we, no, no, no. no we would never do that to you. No, no. Um, we... Yeah. It's probably a conversation for outside the show, but we have very little 
luck with Skype as our hosting service through Blog Talk. So um, I don't really I don't really know what happened there. I apologize, guys. Yeah, so yeah, I'm really uh, sorry about that. But anyway. we need to punch in the face, and we'll make it happen. <laughs> yes, nice. All right. That is what I like. That's to hear. that's the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it should be guy named Joe. What? No. 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 Oh, okay. Don't what? don't punch guy named Joe in the face. No. Joe, I know. I'm coming for you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh crap! <laughs> yeah, don't don't do that. Um, we'll we'll figure out somebody by the end of the show that you can punch in the face. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to facilitate. Uh, so, <laughs> hey, really sorry about that, guys. Mm-hmm. So, um, so let's let's kind of switch gears a little bit. Um, let's talk specifically about um the 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 big project. Let's talk about Aether Magic a little bit. Um, if, if you want to talk about how you were introduced to the game and the mechanics and what it was then and what it is now and that sort of thing. Just go wild. Tell us about this amazing game that you're getting ready to kickstart in another week. Yeah, so in building the audience of people, it's not only great for potential you know, customers or initial customers, but it was also great in getting game submissions. Um, so Matt Warden is... A uh, game designer who saw us either on our website, um, you know, or our podcast, and, and heard that we were accepting submissions, um, and him along with a lot of others submitted their game prototypes to us. Um, now, when we initially played Matt's game, it had a different theme to it. it. It was a game called For Goods and Honor, and it had a very Catan-esque theme um, and some different gameplay well, elements. Catan-esque elements, but the theme was really wonky. It was a really funny theme. Yeah, it, it was a pretty funny theme. Um, uh, but yeah, the Catan-esque elements, and we wanted to adjust some things. But regardless, we really liked his game, and we, and we signed it um, under the notion that we would change the theme of the game. Um, now, we, we've discussed this uh, on a few of our episodes of how big of an endeavor changing the theme ended up being, uh, Drew, you, you know, Drew, uh, in, in helping us out with the names for that and and just getting it to to sound uh, right. So that that just was a huge project, um, you know, and something that we probably won't do again looking back on it. But um, you know, we went through the whole process and and made sure that we got it right and we, you know. Ether Magic is the final product of of our labor over you know the past you know over well over a year now since we originally got the yeah. the original for goods and honor version of of Ether Magic. Um, so it's been a struggle, but uh, we're very happy with with where it's at. Mm-hmm. And ready to take it to Kickstarter next week. Absolutely. We're launching the game on Kickstarter. A long time coming. Um, Next week being the 10th. As long as we, we're, yeah, we're we're hitting our deadlines, everything's looking good. Um, as long as there's no major hiccups, we are planning on Tuesday the 10th. Um, yeah, this, this, is, this is what I got to say. Um, so I've, I have a little more insight in this game because... Mrs. Wardrew is actually doing the graphic design for the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've seen the artwork and I've seen <laughs> the components and I just get freaking giddy every time I see the cards and I see the icons. And so um, the, the artist that you hired. Giddy, so take that. Take note, audience. 
<laughs> I'm I'm getting giddy, yeah. So the artwork is absolutely stunning, and I think that the production is going to be top notch on that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I obviously I'm kind of emotionally invested mm-hmm, in this game sure. a little bit, but <laughs> I, I think once you see the images on Kickstarter and that sort of thing, yeah, um, I, I think it's going to be a great success. We hope so. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's definitely going to be a anxiety induced uh you know next few weeks it's so funny watching kyle kyle gets a lot more stressed out about it than i do i think especially because he's handling all the the financial stuff and specifically the shipping and with neither of us like we've done enough research that we got it like i'm I'm very confident that we have it but it's still just the the unknown it's like you're about to walk into the the cloudy mist and see what happens it's kind of mm-hmm. like at that phase we're in that just i gotta take that next step and the only way we're gonna figure it out is when we do it and so there's a lot of unknown and there's just those moments of doubt i think either of us will have and it's fun listening uh, when each other gets stressed out and then being able to like talk them down from the edge and that kind of thing (laughs) (laughs) so so what we're really hoping for is like uh, a level of success uh equal to or above exploding kittens is that right (laughs) yeah (laughs) let's shoot for a (laughs) <laughs> did you did you say exploding kitten? Yeah, it's it's a game on Kickstarter that is oh, okay. you the only person in the world that doesn't know exploding kittens. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Every single country ever has already backed exploding kittens. <laughs> the only one left. I've been living under a rock. It's it, so it's a it's a card it's game that has over three million dollars. What? It's like what is it? Is it oh, the like the largest? Is it yeah, at five? Okay. I, oh my god. Sorry, gosh. I haven't checked in twenty minutes, guys. I yeah. apologize. <laughs> wow. <so. laughs> yeah, it was a concept that was too awesome not to back. So. What? I love exploding kittens. That just makes me sad to hear it. <laughs> I think that was the point. I'm yeah. pretty sure that was the point. <laughs> I think this is exactly that reaction. We're get deducted out of all of our bank accounts, and the game's going to show up at our door. Yeah, it's, it's like a government, right? It's just it's another tax, the exploding kitten tax. Oh my gosh! No, that, that, that's fantastic. So, so I mean, do you are are is that something you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about what your goals are, or are you just kind of content with letting Aether Magic be? Um, yeah. Well, the game's going to retail for forty five dollars, but we're going to be offering it on Kickstarter for forty dollars. Um. Uh, is just kind of a bonus for the people that, um, you know, help us get the game funded. Um, so um, if you're interested in getting it at the lowest price it'll probably ever be at, um, that's the place to go. Um, and fortunately, we're uh, in line to be able to offer free shipping to uh, the United States backers. And then we're going to equally subsidize the shipping uh, in all other countries that it's going to be available in. Um, okay. So... We're really excited to be able to offer that, and uh, I spent an extensive amount of time reaching out to different fulfillment providers all over the world uh, to give people the lowest possible price, um, you know, that I I feel I'm capable of of doing at this point. Um, um, But I'm sure as we go forward with this and see how everything pans out, um, we'll be able to make adjustments um, in the future to make things even better. Uh, but in terms of an initial Kickstarter offering, um, you know, I haven't seen anyone do shipping this well on their first project. Um, and, you know, I have probably Jamie Stegmeyer to thank for that with his awesome shipping blog. He, you know, 
uh, released a lot of information to people that are interested in, in doing uh, worldwide fulfillment. Um, and, you know, I can't say that uh, it's as amazing as how he does it. Cause I think he, he, you know, he's done it a number of times now and I, I think he's really perfected it. Um, but it's, um, we're giving it a good try and I, I think we're giving people a great price on that. So, um, I can't say any numbers specific for the shipping yet because I'm still working that out. I, I need to get a, a freight and a customs quote um, from the manufacturer. Um, but, um, you know, it's it's really great right now. So, yeah, it sounds like everything's coming together really well. So uh, how was it like then, uh, I guess, along that same note, what was it like, I guess, putting together the um, the overall feel? Because you, you said it used to effectively be a different game called by a different name. Uh, what was that? Um, so, like, how did it become Ether Magic? Like, what was what was your mindset to creating that? We knew walking into it that we wanted the th- I mean, just to backtrack a little bit, um, the theme was really fun and just as the publisher though we didn't feel like it'd be as marketable the whole idea behind it originally was uh, you kind of have to understand the mechanics of the bag but you end up drawing different workers out of the bag and then also mixed in the bag were nastigans and the workers were from goodfertia and they were living nice happy lives and doing their thing and then the nastigans from over the hill were living lives of debauchery and they'd try to steal away your um, good workers and all this stuff, and there'd be a lot of interaction and different things. And the mechanics were there, were big time. Uh, we really like social um, as part of our gameplay, games like uh, Dead of Winter and, and different things like that where we can actually interact with one another. And so the game, at its essence, had a lot of what we were looking for. And mm-hmm. we knew that, and it played well. It played one of the best out of um, any of the games that we received uh, through our submissions and, and things. Um, but we all had, we've all have a big pull towards beautiful art and pretty things and that type of deal. And so we knew we wanted to stage it in a, a fantasy-esque type world. And that's kind of where Drew came in um, with helping in the theme development. Because even though we wanted the fantasy world, none of us are really super immersed in the fantasy world. And so all the little like nuances that you have to pay attention to is just not something I'm going to pretend to understand. We just knew we wanted it to work. And so it, uh, we started off with a gigantic idea of different races and all these things. And it was very kind of art driven with our ideas of how they'd affect the mechanics and that type of thing. Um, and we realized that wasn't going to work. And so we went back to it and really fine tuned. And, and I think the more precise uh, we got and the more specific we got with our theme and where it was going and how things worked and interacted, uh, the better it became. And then from there, once we really hammered out the theme, um, the extra mechanics came in line after the fact um, through a lot of playtesting. We playtested it a ton uh, locally and then at a lot of the major conventions like Origins and Protospiels and Gen Con and Grand Con and that type of thing. Yeah, I so we on the show, we, we talk about how so Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition came out. Uh, and the thing that made it so successful was that it went through an extensive extensive amount of play testing and and i know just from talking with with jeff and kyle and the team that that aether magic has done the same thing it's it's gone through mm-hmm. i mean a year pretty much of play testing to to figure out and get it fine-tuned yeah i concur 
<laughs> a lot. <laughs> How is, uh, Dragons is it a lot of fun? Yeah, the fifth edition is, uh, is, is pretty amazing. the bomb. Yeah, it's it is pretty cool. It feels like home. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question. Then you you guys definitely um, have done your research. Like I can tell just by listening to you, you've pretty much gone into every section of what you need to do and really researched it out, which is awesome. And it sounds like it's really benefiting you in the long run um, as far as just having everything kind of lined up for the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. But would you say that um, the fantasy world is a more you know, attractive uh, type of game? Like, is that why you think you changed from that kind of quirky theme um, just in your research? Did you notice that the fantasy world was better in that? like better selling or I don't know how to say it exactly, but yeah, we didn't necessarily make the change because we thought it would sell better. We made the change because the fantasy world appeals to us and we thought it would create a great foundation for a unique looking art um, and colorful art, which was what we really wanted. Um, But that said, um, the fantasy themed uh, world does i believe sell better um i had a discussion with a distributor at gen con um you know and and he kind of solidified my thoughts there he uh, deals with all kinds of games and works with um, all kinds of distributors and, and finding different sales channels for games um and he said that fantasy themed games uh, in general tend to do a little bit better than some of the other themes. I think on top of that too, it's where our hearts were. It's the type of games we like to play. um, And it's the types of things that we like to get involved in. And when you make the conscious decision to like sign a game and understand the undertaking that it's going to be, you want to be invested in what you're doing. And for the type of audience that we want to hit in terms of how we define it by play times, art style, gameplay, accessibility, and all of that, it's it just fits really well. Um, it complements uh, where we want to go and what we want to be as a company. So it's a lot of things, a lot of different facets came into play to make it work um, the way that it came out. Okay. So do you uh, say that Happy Mitten Games will, in future games that it signs on, will they also probably have that fantasy theme or do you think that you'll branch out to different genres i feel we would lean toward fantasy themes but if an opportunity comes up i don't think we would ever shy away from another theme um but i do think we will naturally gravitate toward fantasy-esque um environments yeah yeah and i think to to add to that I don't like I think fun isn't a terribly overused and very generic word but if it makes sense as long as we can put put some sort of fun or flavor into whatever it is um that'll definitely be the route that we want to go cuz we it's some sort of hook like so I guess maybe not quote unquote fantasy but we definitely want some sort of uh unique flavor or fun hook that we can have in whatever it is. Like I, I just said, uh, one example that pops to mind um, is Crash Games Yardmaster. I mean, it's another game about trains, but there's just something about the art style that he chose, the simplicity of play and all of this that I really like. That I like that game a lot. Um, I think it's really good. And it's, um, again, it, it, at its essence, it's a train game, but it's a really fun train game. Okay, great. So guys, I have an idea for you for, for your next game. How about 
unobtainium magic, and we'll, <laughs> we'll do a sci-fi game. I think, I think we can make oh, it happen. Wow. Rudy, do you remember when we got in the big argument a while ago when we were discussing names of things, and you're like, no, you don't understand. Fantasy dictionary. <laughs> do this. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Board games don't work that way. <laughs> yeah, I recall. <laughs> I recall. I so um I, I put on the on the episode post announcement today that um our fans could get juicy tidbits about what it's like to work with me. Not that I'm very <laughs> special to work with, but do you guys want to throw me under the bus and call me out on anything about about the experience? You were absolutely horrible. Oh, oh, she's been waiting for that cue the whole episode. <laughs> Highly. Actually, she's been here the whole time waiting for the moment to strike. Yeah. I just needed the right, the right moment, and it was now. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone. Hello. I'm Lee. You are Lee. You are the face and the voice of the company. The pretty face. That's right. <laughs> There are two other I'm faces. I'm not the only face. They've got, their faces are up on the website. <laughs> uh, well, no, to recant my statement, Drew, I apologize. That was not true at all. You were an absolute delight to work with in every way. <laughs> That's not at all oh. what I was asking you to say. I don't. This isn't <laughs> to Drew's horn hour. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> we so the the thing that I love about the Happy Mitten crew is they're all extremely extremely passionate about what they do, and it doesn't matter if it's social media or if it's developing a game or if it's coming up with the theme of a game or any of that. They're extremely passionate, and so um, our arguments were or not, well, our conversations were intense at times because we were all very passionate in the process. But at the end, I think it created a very extremely strong product because of that. So. This, you can call me out. You can put me on blast right now to to our our <laughs> dozens and dozens of listeners. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly don't. I think I dealt with you the heaviest. I do remember the one tense moment, but the cool thing uh, to throw a compliment back is that the to even to back up to back up back up into the backup backup town we're backing way up here i don't know when it was it had it was like my second year of teaching ever like i taught for seven years and at the time i don't even know i was like young 20s and drew walks in he's like hey i'm gonna be your student teacher and i was younger than him and i had like two years of experience under my belt and i and i explained to him i'm like this is my situation are you okay with that and he's like yeah and i'm like all right let's do this and it started there, and we learned very quickly about each other that you have to be honest, um, no matter what. Like even if it hurts, even if the the criticism is tough, um, and that kind of thing. And it, the road went both ways, and that's something that I appreciate about him is the people that I work with, and that's one reason why I love our team so much is that you don't just sugarcoat things to be polite. And I've gotten in arguments with other designers and stuff about how, like, oh, you should be really nice to young designers. No, like, you need to tell them the truth and let them figure it out. Not saying being a jerk, but at least be honest. And that's something that we were able to do then and then bring with us as our friendship and, like, kind of pseudo-professional relationship continues to develop. Um, and that's something that I'm even, like, with Mrs. Wardrew. Uh, being able to just be honest back and forth about how each other are doing and feeling and that type of thing. And so mm -hmm. if it was, if that wasn't on the table, it would have been a really difficult situation, I think. But the fact that we could speak openly to each other um, just makes it work. 
Yeah. Yeah. So was he, that? Oh. He just called me a pseudo professional. <laughs> that's, that's what I got out of that. <laughs> so is that the do? You, so are are you saying that the that honesty is sort of like the key ingredient to making not just uh, not just Ether Magic, but uh, but any any of these games, any of these games? I'd say no. Uh, not the key, but is it's necessary, but it's not the key. I would say it's two thirds tablespoons. Uh, patience, uh, one dash of love, uh, half a teaspoon of knowledge, um, and some vanilla ingredients. <laughs> oh, I, I'm losing it over here. That <laughs> <laughs> oh all up, and you got yourself a healthy batch of professionalism. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So, um let's let's talk a little bit. Uh I want to hear um just just tell the audience what this game is. Tell 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 our listeners what Aether Magic is, how it works, and and why you think it's going to be such a successful game. How about well, Lee? Um, Oh, Lee. Whoa. Oh, oh geez. No. Here we go. No. Lee doesn't use the pitch. Uh. Uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm sweating over here. I know it's a game. No. <laughs> <laughs> or cut. No, Drew, come on. You've played Snake Oil with me. Yep. You know I am not the salesperson at all in our team. I fail miserably on that front, and I my, like words just don't come out right. So, so can I pass that off to Kyle, please? Sure, please, please. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, um, the elevator pitch that we go with is Ether Magic is a fantasy-themed auctioning and set collection game for three to six players. Um, so what you're trying to become is the Master Mage. And in order to become the Master Mage, you need to cast the most spectacular spells possible. Um so each spell in our game has a certain victory point value and game effect. Uh, and your goal is to get the most victory points possible, but then also utilize those game effects to get the spells to snowball off one another uh, to you know chain as many spells together as possible. Um, and then what we particularly liked about the game is you need to get these particular resources in order to cast the spells. Uh, and there's an element of the game where you're auctioning off um, these uh, ether and other resources amongst the other players. And that really opens up the door for a lot of conversation and back and forth and, and bickering with one another uh, that we really enjoyed and felt it uh, greatly benefited um, the more casual game audience and people of multiple, you know, both genders, man and female and uh, all age groups. So uh, we really dug that and gravitated toward um, that that conversation and, and vocal quality that, that the game brought. I have a question for Lee. If you would like to tell us a little bit about uh, your take on social media and how you make your voice uh, and personality heard in like on Twitter or Facebook, wherever you put those posts out. Um. Yeah, I 
I do run the majority of our Twitter and Facebook. Um, and it's funny to me how different um, of platforms they are in, in the sense that Twitter is um, mostly like our hardcore gamer fans um, that found us either, you know, organically because they're gamers and our podcast was, was recommended to them and then they started following us or, um, you know, the follow Friday that people do. Um, so it's much more of a, a hardcore gamer community on Twitter than it is on Facebook. Facebook is majority um, like family and friends that we've solicited, like, like us on Facebook. <laughs> 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 um, you know, when we first launched, we uh, launched our Happy Mitten on Facebook. And, you know, all three of us have our own personal Facebook and we're able to share that. And so... Um, not many of our friends and family are actually on Twitter, the difference kind of there. So I do use a slight different, um, you know, uh, touch to the posts um, when I when I post on Twitter versus Facebook. Um, but I still do kind of insert just my, my like, I'm quirky. I, I don't know if that's been picked up. No. I, I will <laughs> readily admit that I'm a weirdo. <laughs> just has many a story and Kyle by now with how many years he's been around um, on, on the amount of weirdness that they um, put up with from me. So they are kind of, you know, just dashed with my personality into it um, because we, we just, even just as happy men as a whole, we wanted to have that more lighter, um, you know, lighter feel to the company just in our own, uh, like morals or beliefs and like how we wanted to run the company as a whole anyway. So, um, you know, we don't post any NSFW posts or, you know, anything like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, we just kind of keep it lighthearted and I just insert a little bit of my humor or, um, you know, quirkiness into it and it seems to do pretty well. So, so, um, our our listeners need to go and check out because you all have posted your celebrity impersonations. Is that right? Is that on your <laughs> YouTube channel or is that on where can they find that? Yeah, they can go if they subscribe to our YouTube channel. They're on there, and then they didn't like because I don't think you can post video um, directly to Twitter, so it linked to it. I think a, a long time ago. So I mean, they'd have to scroll back far. Yeah, just but go to if YouTube you, or Facebook, though. I mean, there there are you know, they could go to the videos post or the videos page on our Facebook and find them from there too. Cause that's an easier way um, to do it. But you know, the easiest app, like obviously would be just to go to YouTube and watch from there. Yeah. So, YouTube.com forward slash happy men. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And I'll just tell you, someone did Batman, someone did Matthew McConaughey and <laughs> someone did the apparently kid. If you remember that. Oh my gosh, that kid is so cute. <laughs> he we was. Like that. We were so um, so they were really fun. We've only got a few minutes left. Zakori, you had a last question, is that I right? Do. Before we want to give them time so that they can they can pimp their product and all of that. But go okay. ahead and fire away. One last question. So, say um, people have a game idea or game submission, can they go to Happy Bittens and submit it to you? And if you're taking submissions, what kind of games are you looking for, and what is the process you go through of choosing a game? Uh, the answer is no. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just kidding. Um, right now, we're not accepting. Uh, we do get emails. I get emails um, at least a few a week asking if we're getting games. I think moving forward, this is a conversation that we have not collectively talked about yet, but I would guess, and you guys can clarify if you want to, um, that we probably won't take any more email submissions or submissions over the site. Um, it's It makes a big difference when we can talk to you about it and it be there in front of us and actually see how it plays and maybe even more importantly, see how people interact with it. And so I think that's it's becoming kind of a, a common thing for most publishers, even outside of ourselves. Uh, if you have a game, the very first thing is make sure you've play tested it a million times and then cut a bunch of stuff out and then do it again and give it to people that don't like you and have them play it and don't <laughs> just have your mom and your best friend play it because you won't get good feedback. You have to go and find other people. There's plenty of opportunities. Um, by the time this, if well, this is live, so this is happening right now as we speak. So, like, <laughs> for example, Unpub is going on. Uh, Daryl Lauder and the crew are doing that and it's a big unpublished games convention. There's a lot of protospiels that are all over the U.S. that go on frequently like Ann Arbor and Milwaukee and I know there's one out in California and uh, that type of thing. And so get that played and then the next step would be if you feel like it's really ready, um, then I would pursue publishers at the game conventions and it usually works out a little easier if you try to get them at the smaller conventions versus the bigger ones because like say gen con everybody's always busy and it's very difficult to sit down um, but say something like origins everybody has more downtime and they're usually a little more receptive of checking out things so i think uh the big push right now for us is putting all of our efforts into ether magic uh, but once that goes and and we go through the process and we see it through and hopefully everything goes according to plan and we fund um then we'll be open to starting to receive submissions again at that point okay great thank you that's awesome so we've got we've got about five minutes left here uh first off favorite cereals go <laughs> uh, i like quaker the quaker oats squares i think what? the brown sugar ones they're good what? what yeah thank you yeah, yeah those are the yum yums okay <laughs> I like uh, cinnamon toast crunch. Okay, yeah, that's legit. <laughs> this doesn't exist anymore. Um, because I've shied away from cereal. I actually barely eat cereal anymore. Um, I'm more of a yogurt and granola type person now. But um, do you remember the s'mores cereal? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was actual. It was like. Basically, like honey graham or whatever that graham cracker, yeah, uh, uh, you know, it was like graham crackers with actual grams. like little chocolate pieces and little tiny marshmallows. Yeah. And it was freaking amazing. And they don't have it anymore. And I'm super pissed. But my other favorite <laughs> one that they brought back, they just brought it back because like people made a petition, like people are petitioning stuff to come back from the 90s all over the place. French toast crunch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that that's too. That's now yeah. That's now back on the shelves. So that's a pretty good one too. Nice. Because they're like okay. with your toast crunch cereals. <laughs> I'm the only one. Wholesome toast, goodness. Toast crunch uh family right here. <laughs> <laughs> so I discovered that the uh the Western family's off brand of life cereal is good choices. 
I thought that was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, hey, we got a couple minutes left. Uh, Jeff, go ahead and just tell our listeners first, where can they find you as Happy Mitten Games? Also, you did mention very briefly about uh, your side project, your business consulting project, Come Alive Creative. Will you just l- let our fans know how we can find you and listen to you and get in touch with you? All right. Hello, fans. Thanks for listening this hour, and if you listen later. Uh, you can find out Happy Mitten stuff, happymittengames.com, and then pretty much everything goes from there. If you like the the podcast is there, blog posts are there, game stuff is there, and then we have offshoots you, to all our like social media. I feel you should be media. talking more sensual when you do this. Can you do that? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, you can't laugh if I'm talking sensually. Hello, everybody. <laughs> you can find us at happymittengames.com. If you want to listen to our podcast, why don't you go over to Happy Mitten Games? Please forward slash iTunes. And then you can listen in to some of our 50 episodes, soon to be more. Um, that yeah. is going to draw in so many more people. You don't even know. That was pretty good. It. All the activity that just got shot to it. I'm, I'm already on iTunes right now, man. <laughs> yeah, and then otherwise, the the reason that you may want to check out uh, Come Alive Creative—that's the company that I mentioned um, earlier. And Drew, thanks for the plug. Uh, we have yeah. a sweet team, including uh, Drew's wife, Heather, is one of my graphic designers. Uh, we have two graphic designers. They handle branding and all sorts of stuff. I do a lot of web development um, and audio, and then we have a, a few other people that handles social media and copywriting and that type of thing. And so if you are at a point, we talked about entrepreneurship earlier or um, looking at getting a board game started or just need any sort of uh, like tech web graphic design help, um, we'd be a good place to go. And if we're not a good fit, we would say so. And we can always point you in a new direction. So that's comealivecreative.com. Comealivecreative.com. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> that's not that's not for real. Our jingle. I just made that up. Right yeah, now. like it, right now. You better. You better. I'll send you the clip. You can use it. I want Roy. I've been recording that. the whole thing, so I've already one up to you guys. I got this all recorded. I'm out. Dang it. All right. Well, hey, guys, I think that wraps it up for us. So thank you all so much. Happy Mitten team for, for coming. Yeah, aboard. thank you for being with us tonight. It yeah, really cool. We appreciate it a ton. Oh, thanks for having us. Yeah, this was fun. Thank it was you. cool getting to know your, your uh, posse and, and all that. So when you guys say bye, do we actually hang up or should we like hold on for a little bit and keep talking and you just turn off the recording? Uh, Yeah, I'll I'll mute you and then we'll we'll talk after the show. All okay. right, cool. We weren't cool. sure because people right. sometimes hang up on us when they're not supposed to, so I thought I'd clarify. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's bye, cool. everybody so, listening. Right. Bye. Bye. All right. So, uh, so real quickly before we sign off, if you want to follow uh, follow us on the social media, remember to find us at at DCR underscore show. Make sure to use the hashtag DCR and hashtag Ethermagic, spelled with an A, A E T H E R. That's Magic. right, Ethermagic. And uh, remember, we will be at LTUE in what a week? A week? Yeah, yeah. A week next now. week. Woohoo! Yeah, absolutely. All right. Do your sign-off. I got a little drop here. Oh, we are? Okay, cool. So uh, remember, until next time, good night, Salt Lake. Good night, world. And as always, get more from your games. Join us in Provo, Utah, between February 12th. 
through the 14th for life, the universe, and everything. A three-day academic symposium on all aspects of science fiction and fantasy. LTUE is a gathering place for fans and creative professionals to hang out and share their love of all things fantastical. Buy your membership before January 1st for $45, after January 1st for $55. You must book your hotel room before January 21st. Come meet industry pros, hone your craft, and take your art to the next. Yeah, we missed it. <laughs>